Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood, or I tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment called Dear Nurse Papa. In either case, I hope to come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. Papa, have you always been my papa? Ever since you were born. Before that, I was just waiting. Waiting for me? Well, yeah, for you and your brother. That's cool, Papa. Papa, what is the podcast about this week? Thanks for asking. Well, it's actually about being a new Papa. How sometimes your Papa can be pretty crazy. Are you ready? I'm ready. A slice of fatherhood. A father hits rock bottom in front of many people. As I stared blankly at the sad slice of pizza smashed upon the cement floor of a crowded Costco, I gently pondered the phenomena of hitting parental rock bottom. More specifically, I wondered if I might have done just that. My newborn son was snoring soundly against my chest. He was oblivious to the curious stares of weekend shoppers, which penetrated the back of my neck all the way to my delicate psyche. Although I was keenly aware that I was the center act in Costco in that moment, I felt no embarrassment, only a detached numbness. How did I get here? I wondered. Where was here anyway? Before I had kids of my own, I foolishly considered myself somewhat of an expert in the hearts and minds of children, and one uniquely equipped to never lose my cool. As a pediatric nurse, I have taken care of thousands of kids and seen close up what makes many of them tick, and often, how to work around those things. I knew how to relate well to my patients and how to thoughtfully interact with their parents, but I had no true awareness of what a parent-child relationship looked and felt like. I possessed only a superficial understanding of that miracle of life, no sleeping, delirious toddler tantrum, seeing the world all over again through a child's eye relationship. I was oblivious to all the pains, joys, frustrations, and revelations that are routine to raising a child who is sick or well. And now, the chickens are coming home to roost. Being a parent is infinitely more difficult and complicated than caring for the children of others. If I chose to consider the realities of parenthood at all before I was a father, I probably assumed that it would be fun most of the time and that I would be pretty damn good at it. While this is often the case, the reality of making it through the day with my kids usually takes precedence over all the fun I once anticipated. I sometimes find myself yelling at my two children, even though I don't always remember what I was upset about in the first place. Yelling at my kids is one of my favorite hobbies, second only to chasing after them with a cordless dustbuster aimed in their general direction. 
while belting out endless variations of Baby Shark, do 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 do. When we had only one child, I had no inkling about how the addition of another would lead to an exponential factor of pleasure and pain. I wish I could say that more experienced parents than myself had failed to warn me just how difficult it would be. But they had, many times. All of them who I had asked and many I had not, warned me all about it. I simply failed to believe them. Or if I did believe them in my heart, the notion somehow lost its way on the curvy path to my smug brain. 36 hours into my second child's pink, pudgy life, he came online and spent most of the night screaming, loudly. In his short and sleepy existence, this seemed to be the first moment in which he grasped that he was no longer tucked warmly away in the womb of his mommy, and he was pissed about it. I tried to cradle him while gently bouncing up and down on a large exercise ball. This method had worked well when his older sister was a crying infant. It also did wonders for my dad bod. Yeah. But the bouncing seemed only to upset this strange new life form. Do baby tricks expire? I thought dimly to myself as I mindlessly continued. My son's cries woke up his older sister who soon added her own screams to our miserable baby chorus. Their two-person show went on all night. The next day, my wife and I were both worn out. Left adrift in a murky parental storm, we deduced that only a misdirected and poorly executed plan, a weekend trip to Costco with a new baby and my mother-in-law in tow, would help. We were fools. We arrived at the giant parking lot, and after a brief argument about the merits of remaining patient for a space close to the front, we found a compact space into which we barely squeezed our mid-sized SUV. Upon entering the vast commercial cavern that is Costco, my senses were immediately and overwhelmingly assailed by the many sights, sounds, and smells big-boxing my brain. Somehow, we made our way around the flat-screen TVs, phones, and other shiny gadgets that all seemed to be talking to each other at once in different beeping and chirping languages. We pushed on, even though the rickety shopping cart I had chosen only wanted to turn an awkward left direction. Unfortunately, we were only just entering the real jungle, the food aisles. In every direction, massive shelves of packaged food towered to the ceilings. In their shadows, tiny Filipina women wearing starched red aprons offered us a myriad of fake food samples, gluten-free meatballs, dehydrated pineapple slices, and salmon jerky. As I contemplated why some jerk had decided it was a good idea to jerk salmon, I was quickly losing the composure I had gathered after the previous night's noise rodeo. Through the mental fog, I deduced that I needed immediate nourishment if I were to continue on with this perilous journey of material consumption. It was well past noon. We had not eaten breakfast nor sipped a drop of coffee before leaving the house. My stomach growled like an empty garbage truck at the beginning of its route. It was a tactical error that I vowed not to repeat. I separated from the family pack and with my son snoring against my chest, headed for the Costco cafeteria. Hmm. The line for food was 10 people deep, which allowed me just enough time to decide which processed food item to order. I don't know why I decided that a greasy 700 calorie combo slice of pizza would be the best meal to start the day. The glistening mushrooms, peppers, and sausage bits knew I was weak though. 
They sizzled together in a bed of melted cheese and called my name seductively. David. I clumsily poised the piece above my mouth, just like a statue of Bacchus would have, had he been interested in pizza rather than grapes. A translucent line of yellowish grease dripped down my wrist. In my haste to shove that entire slice of pizza into my mouth, while not dripping hot cheese upon the head of my sleeping newborn son, I fumbled and dropped a slice onto the dirty cement floor. It met the ground, cheese sized down, with a disquieting plop. A clump of tomato sauce came to rest on my shoe, silently jeering at me. <laughs> what followed was an adult tantrum that would be the envy of most aspiring Shakespearean actors. Did Hamlet enjoy bulk shopping? Oh, yeah. I'm not proud of it, but this is what occurred. I did not simply drop the pizza on the floor, clean it up like any normal adult should, purchase an equally greasy and bloat-provoking hot dog, and then move on with my life. No. After a moment of disbelief, I fell to my knees, picked up the slice, stared at it in anger, and then slammed it down on the floor again in what can best be described as a childish rage. I knelt over that triangular mess before me, for a moment, giving the pizza an opportunity to perhaps explain itself. It did not. It would not. It simply could not. A curious ring of shoppers circled around me, watching. To their credit, there was not an unsympathetic face in the bunch. But despite their good intentions, they were clearly waiting to see if this sad man with a newborn smashed to his chest and his pizza smashed to the ground would do anything else ridiculous. This was definitely the most exciting thing going on at Costco at the moment. Far better than the free salmon jerky samples for sure. The bystanders must have been asking themselves, will he eat the pizza now? Will he smash it on the floor again? Does he need a hug? Should someone maybe call security? Does Costco even have security? That day in Costco, I acted just like a two-year-old might when he simply does not get what he wants. Just like my daughter, actually. Her worst public explosion began at the beginning of a six-hour flight, when she was only a three-year-old. She was just old enough to have her own seat, but young enough to not want anything to do with it. As soon as we left the ground, she refused her seatbelt even in its loosest possible orientation. She then escaped from the confinement of her outfit and ripped off her diaper with a harrowing Klingon yell. Every attempt to cover or calm her was met with resistance. After close to an hour of jumping, screaming, wriggling, and growling in her birthday suit, she thinks every day is her birthday, she eventually tired herself out and retreated under the seat in front of her. I'm pretty sure the airline attendants were well aware of her gross non-compliance with TSA safety rules, but they knew better than to intercede. Don't wake the beast, please, I pleaded with my tired papa eyes, and they thankfully ignored the girl who was now snoring under the seat, a jet blue blanket wrapped around her tiny body. It has taken me a while to accept the supremely sucky moments of early parenthood as equal in worth to the absolutely amazing times I routinely experience with my kids. Each experience is important. Those hard moments when I'm pulling the hair from my head in frustration 
In those glorious times in which I am bursting with so much love I feel like I might just explode, seem to come from the same place. Within this magical world live all the hopes, dreams, and unreasonable expectations that I hold for my kids as people, and for myself as a parent. It is during these times that I feel the most perfectly imperfect, and so humbly human, when I am both evolving and regressing at the same time. One of the reasons I felt so driven to have kids is that I was weary of always being the center of my own universe. I yearned to focus upon something other than my own needs and my own myopic insecurities. What I did not expect to learn is that the experience of raising kids actually sharpens my focus upon who I am and who I wish to be. It places my flaws under a microscope and allows me to view them in an entirely new close-up way. The novel experience of parenthood has escalated my emotional growth process. My kids have become my unwitting teachers, and they don't hand out hall passes, even when I really need to pee. <coughs> On the very next flight we took, my daughter behaved admirably, and we planned better too. iPads and snacks. She still did request to remove all her clothes mid-flight, but it was a polite petition and she gracefully relented when we asked her to refrain. I don't know what about being at 30,000 feet in the air prompts my daughter's nudist desires, but it was notable that she listened to us this time without much fuss. There was another child on that same flight who was not faring as well. He was a few years older than both our kids, but he was screaming at a loud volume for the entire last half of the flight. It sounded to me like some unseen surgeon must be slowly removing one of the boy's kidneys without anesthesia. I felt for him, and his family. His stressed out mom was on her own, and responsible for another very young child as well. That poor mom. She will be a wreck by the time we land, I thought, as our two kids slept soundly across both our laps. Contrary to my expectations, when I got a better look at the mom as she exited the plane with her two exhausted kids, she appeared mostly calm and relaxed. Clearly, she had been through epic organ-removing breakdowns such as the one we had just witnessed many times prior. She must have developed a calm equanimity that allowed her to come out clean on the other side, knowing, indeed, that things can always get much worse. She must have learned as well that, no matter how difficult life may seem, the storm is always darkest, right before the clear skies return. Remember, Nurse Papa is also a book. Within it, you'll find stories that might just change how you look at life and indeed parenting. Nurse Papa has been my labor of love, but it offers much more than my own perspective. You'll learn from the voices of seasoned nurses, some of my young patients, and these patients' parents, each adding their own personal perspective about love, life, death, and learning. Nurse Papa is now available for purchase on Amazon and other bookseller sites. Please consider picking up a copy and, when you're done, leaving a public review on Amazon, Goodreads, or anywhere else where people go to find meaningful books. Thank you so much for your support, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Nurse Papa Podcast.